you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen this day and every day. Uh, it is free and available on all podcasting platforms, software, etc. If you don't know me, well, I've been doing this show from its inception. Uh, outside of bonus episodes, there's never been an episode of Locked On Indians that has not had my voice in it so far, and we are well over 600. What did I do before Locked On Indians? Well, Concurrently to when I got this job, I was working 24-7 as their lead draft and uh, prospect analyst. Uh, Before that, I was at Scout. Uh, The reason I left 24-7 is they canceled baseball, (laughs) for lack of a better. Uh, We had a great team at Scout. Unfortunately, uh, everything kind of fell apart, and when they got sold, everything kind of got broken up, and it was very obvious in the beginning baseball wasn't their thing. Uh, No hard feelings. I get it. You know, I, I can look at the internet and know that the NBA and the NFL uh, and just football in general are more drivers than baseball are. And that's why, uh, you know, you see a lot of sites that uh, didn't keep all their baseball people in recent years. Uh, this is not a uh, time to hate on baseball. Speaking of hate, you know, after my hate yesterday, I didn't get a chance to respond. Aaron, uh, he took it all in good fun, sent me a DM if anyone was curious about that. And uh, he pointed out that he still has Ryan Zimmerman and Sean Doolittle. Uh, and that's fair. Hey, you still got Brandon Geyer, too, who's still fifth in war uh, all time. And uh, Mark Reynolds, uh, That's he's third uh, for that UVA program. And, hey, who knows what Zach Gedloff and Daniel Lynch will do. And, honestly, like, my, my issue with that program, <laughs> let's bury on UVA. Uh, yeah, the, that's been an issue just in terms of uh, pro players. But it was what really threw me off that program more than anything else was how many times I would sit there and see a summer list or even a fall list with someone like Connor Jones. Um, and I'm trying to think, Danny Holson. Now, Holson still went high, but there was Connor Jones. There was a pitcher before him or maybe he was after him. There was like two or three years in a row where they had like a top 10 pick who just didn't perform in their junior year, and that's what caught my attention with UVA. Uh, but this is not a UVA podcast, uh, contrary to what you might have heard. We have... A lot to talk about. My mic's all weird. Uh, I'm going to apologize for that now. I think it just got a little bit louder. Hopefully it's going to be better. Uh, We have a lot to talk about. We have many an old friend alert. We have more sleepers to get into. Uh, A lot of minor news around baseball. Should we start with old friend alerts? Uh, Jordan Luplo, ankle surgery. You know, he'll be back by spring training, but still, uh, that, that was a negative for them. This whole situation with Javi Baez and the Mets is interesting because... You assume if he resigns, he's going to play second base. What ha- Do they just cut Cano? Like, are, t- are they to the point where they would just eat that money? And, you know, Javi Baez, for as competitive as he is, is he really willing to give up shortstop? Is there a world where the Mets try to trade Frankie Lindor? Is there a world where the Mets eat salary to make a trade with Lindor happen? Like, could the Indians essentially reacquire Lindor... Uh, and have the Mets pay half his salary, then the Indians could afford him. Uh, I don't know what you know what you send back the other way to even make that remotely possible with that amount of money. It completely changes everything. But uh, just an idea, just something to consider. He was on a Hall of Fame track before he got traded out of town. Now, 
we can point out three years of declining data. So, I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily want to be locked into him for 10 years. But it's interesting to think about. Speaking of the Mets, Carlos Carrasco bone spurs. He's having surgery this offseason. He should be, he'll miss a little bit of spring camp. And the last bit was, it's more of a deep dive uh, for old friend alert. Do you remember Preston Gilmet? It's okay if you don't. Former ninth round draft pick out of University of Arizona. Uh, I don't think he ever, yes, he did. I'm sorry. He had four games for 5.4 innings with Cleveland. Dude bounces around. Um, he has pitched in five years in the big leagues for a grand total of 35 innings. Uh, he's had points, missing bats at points. He hasn't walked guys at points in the big leagues. He's he's walked guys and not missed bats. And that's why he's, you know, he's never, the most he's ever thrown is 10.1 innings. He got taken off the Marlins 40 man, but still good on him. He's not giving up the dream. He's earning a good living because he's been to the big leagues. Uh, and hey, no one can take that away from you, I, and most people listening to this podcast would love to be in a situation that he has been in where he has gotten to play baseball and collect a income from it. Speaking of playing baseball and collecting an income, I thought, you know, there's been a lot of roster moves. Um, before we get into the roster moves, though, Evan Marshall undergoing Tommy John surgery, uh, I thought that was interesting because Chicago by all accounts, is going to exercise their option on Craig Kimbrell and then try and trade him. And I still wonder if he has any trade value if uh, they don't eat significant parts of that salary uh, or just how limited the trade value is for him. Marshall, you might forget, is another old friend alert. Uh, He pitched all of 10 innings for the, uh, I'm sorry, 10 games, 7 innings for the Indians in 2018. And I hated on each and every one of those if you listen to this podcast. You remember, I was like, why is this guy on the roster? Why is this guy on the roster? He is not good. He is not good. White Sox figured out a little something with him, and he's become useful for them, uh, a solid part of their pen. This past year was not great, but he, he's been useful for the White Sox. Uh, so that's another pen option down for them and trading Kimbrell. And, you know, to get Kimbrell, they had to trade Cody Hewer, and they're not going to get Hewer and Marshall or Marshall magical value back. That's That's one of the worst trades that happened at the deadline. But let's talk about one of the, I have everyone who's cut, like just sitting up here, who's been cut in like the last two to three days. Interest, maybe the most interesting name we'll start with is is Franchi Codero. Uh, he was a centerpiece for Andrew Benintendi. I mean, I, I think it's safe to call him the centerpiece there. Uh, he was the centerpiece for Tim Hill when uh, the Padres card Tim Hill from Kansas City. When this guy was in San Diego, I mean, Padres fans liked him more than Manuel Margot at the time. They liked him more than Franmil Reyes at the time. He was the dude. He was the athletic center fielder who was going to be the guy. And the problem so far is health has been a massive issue. This year at Boston, he was terrible. Uh, you know, I, there's not he didn't play enough to really get like that advanced data, but he's still he's 27 years of age. He's always been toolsy. Toolsy, toolsy, toolsy. Can play all three outfield spots. Left-handed bat. I would be... Let me put it this way. Uh, I would rather Franchi Cadero than Zimmer, Mercado, or Harold Ramirez. Like If they could claim him, I, I would. I would claim Franchi Cadero because the physical tools are there. You know, you can't... Unfortunately, you can't teach health. Um, and he's just never 
had that extended shot because more of health than anything else. Like, you would have had it in San Diego this year. He was awful, and that's why he didn't get that extended shot um, with Boston. But it, he was also hurt. And, yeah, I just I don't know what to make of him. I don't know if it's ever going to work. I mean, he's... He, I mean, one could say he's a lot like Zimmer. You know, it's like physical tools can really smack a ball when given the opportunity. Health issues and uh, inability to translate in the big league so far. I I know I'm really selling him, aren't I, uh, at this point in time. But Francho Cadero is a really interesting player. There's a reason why multiple teams have acquired him. There's a reason why multiple teams think they can fix him. Which, again, could all be other reasons for why, you know, he is not the guy you want to bring in. But, okay, so in Boston, he had a 189, 237, 260, 497 OPS with 127 uh, at-bats. That's awful. He goes down to AAA Worcester, or Worcester, I should say, right? That's how it's properly pronounced. That's me. You know I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong. 78 games, 335 at-bats. He hits 300, 398 on base. 533 slugging. I, you know, he played very well in AAA. And, you know, it's, it's again, like, how do you, how much are you willing to weigh the risk is what it comes down to. And it's not necessarily a risk because he doesn't cost you anything. It's just, can you claim him? You know, does, like, frankly, Miami should claim him. They've been, I mean, their outfield situation is as bad, if not worse, than Cleveland's these past few years. Uh, and that's why they went out and traded for, you know, Starling Marte and have tried everyone under the sun. Uh, I was just kind of curious, you know, in, in AAA, he had a 12% walk rate, a bat pip over 400. He's doing a lot of things really well in AAA. Can it translate to the big leagues? So far, it is not. But again, I would much rather roll the dice. I mean, he was he was a shortstop at one point in time. He has played uh, shortstop is his third most played position after center and left field. And again, 27, uh, just really intriguing to me. Uh, I would I would roll the dice on a Franchi Cordero, but that might be because I've heard too many good things from Padres fans over the years. But I think he's he's someone you have to talk about. You have to discuss interesting player that was let go uh, as teams are moving players around, figuring out roster stuff. Uh, you know, and I, I, there's other players, like, you know, I was looking up Edwin Uceta, who the Dodgers let go. You know, not as much stood out there. Rio Ruiz was the Colorado let go, four guys. Man, Ruiz is another one of those guys. I, let's see, what, 2012. So that's early in my draft career, but I remember, like, in the fall, talking about him as a potential top 10 pick. He went to the fourth round, but he was a massive overslap by Houston in that fourth round, uh, in fairness to me. But it has not worked out. He is, But he's been, a, you know, a interesting trade asset. You know, he was part of the uh, Evan Gaddis trade. I thought he had, well, I thought he'd been more than that, but he's just been uh, off and on waivers multiple times. You know, more an interesting name at this point in time than anything else. Like, I thought uh, when he went to Baltimore that it was part of a trade. It was not. Just, uh, you know, not someone for the Indians. Here's someone, though, I would love to see the Indians gamble on. Speaking of players who were let go, speaking of the University of Virginia, Aaron, I'm going to be upset with you if I don't hear from you after this. I'm, I'm advocating the Indians 
to get a player who played at the University of Virginia. A player that's been drafted uh, twice, drafted out of high school, and then was a second-round pick of the Colorado Rockies in 2017. Tommy Doyle, six foot six right-hander. Uh, he got two innings in the big leagues. Uh, take what you will from that. They were not good. Uh, six earned runs. When we expand his minor league stats, uh, you know, he's a reliever. He has always been a reliever all the way. He missed bats. And in the minors, his walk rate, like, sorry, uh, baseball reference is, like, weird looking for these for some reason. I don't know why. But it's, like, a strikeout rate over 12, rock rate of 3.3 in high A, double A, 7.7, and a 2.9. That was this year. Uh, 2020, he pitched a little in the big leagues, didn't pitch at all in the big leagues. Doyle's big. He's thrown hard. He's uh, a good reclamation project. Of course, the problem with all of this is, you know, if you claim him on waivers, then you have to add him to the uh, to the 40-man. If you could get him without doing that, then, you know, if he passes through waivers and you can sign him as a minor league free agent because you are the Cleveland Indians, why not roll the dice on uh, a big arm who throws hard who's been stuck in Colorado, who, which is a bad place for development, and it's a bad place to pitch. I'm going to go pull up my profile on him. Uh, we'll take a commercial break. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about Tommy Doyle uh, bringing, like I said, I'll tell you what I thought about him back on draft day. And one of those sponsors is BuiltBar.com. Coconut Marshmallow Puff is back. I've talked about coconut is a good puff. Uh, puffs are good in general. I like their puffs. Coconut as a puff works well. There's still also Strawberry Puff. Rocky Road is available in limited time, Cherry Lime, and Blueberry Muffin. I just tonight got a box with four Blueberry Muffins uh, to try, and then one of uh, the Coconut Brownie, which is a top five flavor for me, so I'm not going to complain about that. Some people got pumpkin, though. I was really hoping to get pumpkin. And the reason is, I love this product. I love everything they have. I'm a pumpkin fan. I know it's not for everyone, but I'm sure I would love the pumpkin flavor, which you can't even buy right now. But I am looking forward. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to try Blueberry Muffin. I'll let everyone know next week how that is. Can't go wrong with a puff. Can't go wrong with the Rocky Road. Go to BuiltBar.com. You just can't go wrong there in general. Use the promo code LOCKED15. I use that when I buy there. And I buy there rather regularly because it's a product I find delicious and it's good for you. It is the best protein bar you can buy. That is my opinion. That is my truth. Slow is just right if you're on vacation, a sloth, we're describing QuickBooks. More like slow books. It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to switch to NetSuite by Oracle, number one financial system, because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time. No matter how big your business grows, failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control since switching to NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on right now. Get special financing at netsuite.com slash locked on. That's netsuite.com slash locked on. Okay, so I know I said I was going to go bring up my Tommy Doyle scouting report. And uh, unfortunately, truth of the matter with this is I went into my drive on uh, the good old Google Drive. 
2018 is when I started keeping everything there. So 2017, I have to go dust off the old laptop, set it up, and uh, we'll save that maybe for another day. And I can't even imagine, like, to go back to anything I wrote before. See, I moved back to Ohio in uh, 2012. I bought my laptop then that I was using. Um, and before that, I had another laptop that was of issues with uh, with my Dell XPS. So anything pre-2012 is on the XPS, which uh, sometimes just doesn't want to turn on. So I should really get better about consolidating and uh, organization in general. But I don't have one. But I can tell you, looking at Tommy Doyle in his draft year, 1.7 ERA, his strikeout ratio was over 10, his walk ratio was under 2 the year before, or under 3, I should say, 2.67. He was a 2.67 as a sophomore as well. Big kid. You know, he, he pitched at Virginia. We know a program that doesn't do the best with development. He went to Colorado, a place we know doesn't do the best with development. His numbers in the lower minors were not bad. His numbers this year in Double A were, and he never really got an opportunity. But for a team that needs more relievers, Tommy Doyle is fascinating to me. So put him on that list with Franchi Cordero for players I would really consider trying. Uh, a bigger prospect name, just a bigger name in general, is probably Yancey Almonte, who uh, Colorado also let go. Former top 100 prospect, I want to say, maybe at some point in time. I saw him when he was in Double A. He's now 27 years of age. He's pitched 114 games in the big leagues. I mean, that's not an insignificant amount. Uh, the walk ratio and the strikeout ratio aren't bad. It's just bad home run rates. And, of course, we need to talk about splits for him for his career because he pitches in Colorado. So when you're considering Yancey Almonte and you're looking at, you know, could he be a useful reliever for another team? You you just, again, look where he pitches. Uh, in terms of his OPS, on the road, it's a 623 at home and 917. Uh, his slugging percentage is almost 200 points different. It's it's a significant split difference. I, I need to just use fan graphs. Like I like baseball reference for some things, but man, there's other things that just not just doesn't have all the data you want. But Almonte is interesting because he has a lot of experiences reliever. He doesn't walk a lot of guys, and he was just awful at home. Like he is a reclamation project potentially uh, because of those those splits you know we all know that certain players are never going to excel in Colorado and Almonte is that pitcher who just did not uh, you know here we go his FIP away was a 447 at home a 510 his home run where's his home run rate was about uh 1.2, one, from 1.5 to 1.2, so an increase, but not huge, huge. It's interesting the batting average is one of those big shifts um, in general for him, but interesting as, you know, it's a pitcher of four years experience, former top prospect, starter turned reliever, who's had okay numbers, but you could maybe bet on him doing a little bit more just because he's out of Colorado. Uh, they also let go Joshua Fuentes, who... I'll be curious to see if anyone rolls on him as a potential reliever. Uh, some of the other players that were let go today, I'm just doing the quick check to see if any of them stood out name-wise. Uh, Devin Marrero was that former first-round pick. He had some potential to go super high in his draft class. Uh, very little opportunity with Miami this year. Sorry, my volume is still being weird. 
that's really it amongst the the players that were let go. I do want to take a moment and point out the Danny Duffy trade was completed, which involves you know Kansas City uh, because he got sent back or had a setback, I should say, not sent back, a setback. He never pitched for the Dodgers. He's going to be a free agent. They got nothing for him. They're trading Zach Wildman, who was a I for some reason thought he was higher than a 19th round draft pick. He was a pretty big deal when he was at Kent. Uh, he was, you know, supposed to be kind of like the next guy in and up uh, for that program after Lauer. And he had some good years, but he wasn't quite the dominator I think they were expecting. And then he had, I, that's what it was. I remember when Lauer had his breakout year, Wildman was pitching out of the pen and he was hitting like 96, 97. I remember that now. I was at a game and he was just, he was blowing up the radar gun because in the Mac, we didn't see a lot of guys throwing that hard, and he was just a reliever then. And he excelled in that relief role for two years, but, I mean, the velocity was there. They made him a starter. It didn't go well. Uh, he has mostly, I, I want to say, been a reliever in the Dodgers system. And, I mean, he's had mixed results. Uh, local kid, you know, Ohio kid, I should say, not necessarily local, from Napoleon, Ohio, to Kent State. Uh, 19th round pick. I thought it was a steal at the time. And you know, he's a big, well, I guess he's only 6'2". I thought he was... He looked thicker, but he is 220 uh, when I saw him pitching at Kent. Interesting relief arm for Kansas City. Not a bad return for a player they were going to lose anyways. But I uh, did want to point it out, is it is an Ohio kid who uh, is going to the Royals. They now can have, uh, well, is Benintendi a free? I want to say Benintendi is a free agent. But, uh, you know, they seem to be socking up, loading up, however you want to put it, on those Ohio high school kids. We're going to take a break, come back, and continue talking about our sleepers. And that sponsors BetOnline.ag, our official online sportsbook over here at Locked On. That is BetOnline.ag. Whatever you want, you, you're going to find it there. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON. That gets you a 5050% bonus on your first deposit. Let's go over and see what some lines are. They have a race book, poker, esports, contest, live betting, all of this and more. Uh, right now, you can go through. I was curious to see if they still had a lineup for the Browns game you know one of those things I guess they don't necessarily want to give you additional information or things that have occurred in the past but uh, yeah it would have been interesting to see what the line was for today's Ohio State when I'm recording today's Browns game but whatever is your bag they have it over at bet online casino games poker all the lines, props, futures. Check it out for yourself. That is betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On. So, sleeper time. Let's go with the sleeper, not sleeper. And I, I phrase it that way because the player is Bryson Stott. And Bryson Stott, for whatever reason, I this he's Rodney Dangerfield. This guy gets no respect. UN, UN, nope. Uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, shortstop. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it because I can't seem to do initials today. This dude I had as a top 10 prospect. He slides to the 14th overall pick. And most people consider it a steal there to the Phillies. Phillies are terrible development. All this guy has done is steadily move through the minors and produce. His worst runs created plus across a minor league level was a 130 this year in AA. Uh, across AA and AAA, he was at a, like, in the 130s. Uh, batting average, that can't be right. That makes no sense. I like how, oh, because that's his steamer projection. Uh, you know, I was over here at uh, Van Graaff, so I'm like, how is his career batting average lower than his, uh, this is a guy who's 
the crossed, uh, you know, not counting the 11 plate appearances in rookie ball, worst batting average is 274. Worst on base, 370. He has, he walks. He has sneaky power. He plays a solid defense at shorts, at shortstop, and yet he still can't crack. He is plus Owen Miller. You know, he's Owen Miller, but with better tools and a better chance to play shortstop. Uh, and he's still not a top 100 prospect. He was a top, you know, like I said, 14th overall prospect in that draft class. I think the highest he's ever been on any list was like nine in the 90s. I, I don't know what Bryson Sott needs to do to get more respect, but he, he should get it. He's a very good prospect who, for whatever reason, like I said, dating back to his college days, like you go through and you look at all the indicators, he's got them. Uh, if the Phillies decide that they don't have a space for him or that, you know, uh, Segura, I'm trying to think who else they have in their infield, are, you know, are the guys, he's an interesting player to consider. Uh, to try to go out and maybe add to an organization. I know the Indians have too many up-the-middle players to begin with. You're thinking, this team doesn't need a shortstop, and that's true. But I am just going through and pulling up data and looking purely at numbers. I'm looking at players that I think are undervalued. Stott is undervalued to me, so I had to mention him. Let's talk about the kid from the University of Cincinnati, the player I've been teasing for a few days, and that's Ryan Noda. Now, Ryan Noda was a Noda guy for me at Cincinnati. Oh, not even a good pun because it doesn't make any sense. I didn't like him at Cincinnati. Uh, struck out way too much and never tapped into his power. Uh, there's a reason why, I mean, he was considered the maybe the best power hitter coming into the 2017 college season. And he ended up hitting nine home runs. He never had double-digit home runs while playing in a smaller program. Uh, he struck out a ton. His strikeout rates were 31%, 22, and 30 at Cincinnati. He did walk. That was kind of the saving grace there. But he just never seemed to develop. He never seemed to show any progress. Gets drafted by Toronto, moves slowly through their system. Uh, gets tra- is, Ends up in with the Dodgers. I'd have to go see what the, uh, the trade was there. And, man, the Dodgers. What? <laughs> you know... <laughs> I was looking at, you know, Bobby, it's, was it Bobby Miller was the uh, the Louisville guy I was not as high on who they drafted, and they added a pitch to him, and now he's throwing harder than he's ever thrown, and looks like another, like, top 20 prospect. Like, they just have some kind of pact with the dark power. I, I can't explain it. But Noda had been okay with Toronto. He had shown some signs of life. He had 20 home runs in A-ball at age 22. He is 25 now. Uh, he does need to be added to a 40-man roster. But this year in Double A, 29 home runs, 15 doubles, 250 average, 383 on base. That strikeout percentage that was over 30 in college was down to 26, almost 27 this year. Walk rates have stayed consistently high. Through the minor leagues, he was walked 19% of the time to a 26% strikeout. Now, that's not great for strikeouts, but it is not usual to see a guy's strikeout rates be lower than they were when he played at a small college. That, that's a player who's showing improvement around the edges. Bat-pip show positive contact values. The power has always been there. The power is legitimate. He is a first-place left fielder and probably should be stuck in first base. He mostly played... Well, he split. He was pretty much even split this year when I look at his defensive data. Uh, 44 and 47 games. He is interesting because the Dodgers are going to be slammed. Uh, there is a chance he is unprotected. There is a chance that he is let to go through, and he's got legitimate plus plus power. Like 
he does. Like the power is real. If I am a bad team, I absolutely draft him. I don't know, like, if you're the Indians, if he is the guy you can go for because you already have, uh, you know, a DH. But, I mean, the question inevitably comes for me. It's like, is he Bobby Bradley? Is he more than Bobby Bradley because of the walk rate? I think so. How much more? I don't know. I was kind of curious to see. And that... (laughs) Man, he had that huge year, and he's still not even in the top 30 prospect for the Dodgers. That's such a just gut-wrenching list to look at. Uh, I mean, between Ryan Papat, who was, God, was he Pepperdine? Uh, Butler, I would say he was a butler. Like, they, they just, it's, it's a dark magic. That's all I can say. It is dark magic occurring with that Dodgers team. Uh, but... Yeah, he's not even listed. He can't make the top 30 in spite of what he's done. He's shown positive improvement in college. I am intrigued by him. Uh, let's talk about another Toronto guy, Kevin Smith. Uh, go ahead, make your clerk's joke. He, It's interesting, again, because he's one of those guys from over here on Fangraphs. The last articles on him were written in 2019. And there's talk of taking him, you know, off the 40-man in Toronto. He got uh, 36 plate appearances, and they weren't good. Let's be perfectly honest. It was not like he lit the world on fire. But prior to that, across double and triple A, you know, he had a his played most of the year in double A, and numbers were okay. You know, he was kind of league averageish. Got the move up to triple A, and that's where what made him pop because he had a 144 runs created plus. He was walking 11% of the time, and his strikeouts were down to about 23%. The bat pip was well over 300. Uh, And the 21 home runs in 94 games, which gives you an an ISO of 276. Uh, I don't know how hitter-friendly that AAA park was, but he put on a show for those 94 games um, this year. Yeah, see, man, I'm misreading my line. That was all in AAA this year. He... The double A stuff was back in 2019, so I'm. It's late where I'm recording. I apologize. So he dominated baseballs this year in Triple A across the board. Everything was fantastic. Was not good in his call up. Again, it's hard to justify adding a another infielder. Uh, he's always been toolsy, like dating back to I want to say University of Maryland. Could be wrong there for Smith. Uh, he, you know, he had power. He was a power speed guy question has always been could he hit enough because there's a chance for above average to plus power above average to plus speed if it and and the power had never really been applied in games you could see it it wasn't necessarily there is he a third baseman can he be a short he's a utility guy let's be perfectly honest uh when was the last time he really played short i mean he was a shortstop in college so i tend to default and think of him that way but i think he played almost entirely third base this past year he's another one where i'm just like you know, it's like, if Toronto lets him go, do you really consider him? It's, it's hard. He's a player where um, there's enough performance that if it's a cheap ad, you think about it. I But because the Indians' 40-man crunch, it makes all of these hypotheticals even more difficult. Like, am I going to add Kevin Smith and then cost myself um, Connor Pilkington? Or am I going to cost myself... Adam Scott, or am I going to cost Richie Palacios? Like, I, I would take any, I would take Pilkington and Palacios over him. So, statistically, he's interesting. And again, 
Um, it's almost like these profiles, it's like these are just the guys who pop for me. These are the guys who are interesting. If I was running a Pirates organization, for instance, I'd be gambling on Smith and Noda and seeing. Like, especially because if you can have Smith play second and he hits decently well, uh, you know, I know they're they're okay at second. Even after trading away Frazier, they have some prospects they'd like to see there. They're good up the middle. But Kevin Smith's value could exponentially increase if he can tap into the speed power and you have him as a second baseman. It's an easy way to generate because uh, it costs you very little to nothing, especially if he gets taken off the 40-man. It's a way to generate value at a very low-cost investment. And I've got three names left, and we're over 30 minutes, so... We're gonna call it a show. You know, if you're listening to this, go check out Locked On uh, Browns. You know, they had the win last night. Uh, fun game to watch for the most part. Uh, you know, Dearness Johnson, what a game! I'm sure, they'll be talking about that. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. Like I said, I've got three more sleepers to talk about next week. Uh, I'll look into some more historical stuff, and we'll see what happens around the league. Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more movement, a little bit more interesting. What do you think about Franchi Candero? What do you think about Tommy Doyle? Uh, what do you just think in general? Hit me up with mailbag questions. Help the show out. That is an easy thing you can do to help the show, along with downloading daily, getting a friend to listen, and writing a review. I've been Jeff Ellis. Have a fantastic weekend. And as we say now, go, go, Guardians, go.